Hello and welcome in live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. This is Camel Call Live, and we are so thrilled to be joined once again by the head coach of the Campbell Football Camels, Mike Minter. Tonight we're going to talk about Minter and his staff reeling in the number one recruiting class in all of FCS for the second straight season. But first, Coach, it always means a lot when you drop by. Thank you so much. It has been a little while, but but especially because you were up really, really late last night on our local NBC and Fox affiliate. You were helping to break down the Super Bowl with anchor Casey Hens. And uh, how did you like doing that last night, being back uh, on the broadcast side of things? Well, you know, um, Chris, I, I missed it. And, and um, you know, I felt like I was at home again, man, doing what you do every day and so um it's it's it was exciting to to be able to talk some football that you wasn't coaching uh, (laughs) so it was it was really fun i think casey did a great job um and um you know they they friends of ours and and um, we appreciate being able to get on there and talk about some Campbell football too. Yeah. Uh, no doubt, you, uh, you you really covered it all. Um, how, how did that come about? How did it come about with you uh, you being there and 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 them asking you to to come on to the post game show? Well, they just reached out to um, to you guys, man. Right, so they they call you. You you ask me, do I want to do the show? And I said, man, uh, what time is it? Is it going to be taped? <laughs> They was like, no, it's going to be live. <laughs> you got to be in the studio. I said, oh, okay. Uh, but, no, it was fun, man. I, you know, it, it was just a, a great thing for them to ask uh, me to come in and, and do it. And, and um, so that that's how it is. I mean, they, they really, um, you know, back what we're doing here at Campbell. Um, we're going to ask you about a lot of things. Of course, the Super Bowl. You were in Super Bowl 38, which I can't believe I did the math today, and that's uh, almost almost 20 years ago, and we'll talk about that because you and I both uh, – I, I was covering that for a local TV station. You were in it, and we love talking about that. But last night's Super Bowl, not quite as exciting and thrilling as you and the Carolina Panthers and, and New England back in Super Bowl 38. But, boy, it was a pretty good one. It was a tale of two halves. What, what did you see in the first half of that Super Bowl? Well, I, I think it went according to how these guys played all year long. The the Eagles, you know, they, they really come out strong in the first quarter. Um, they really good at, you know, maintaining the football, Chris, because they get in these great situations on third downs. And if they don't get it on third down, they'll sneak it on fourth down. And so they really did a great job of just controlling um, the possessions that they had in the clock. And, and so I thought the first half was all about that. Um, and, and I told people early, I said, Kansas City, what they do is they do great halftime adjustments. And they're going to come in the second half and they're going to challenge um, what the Eagles are doing in the first half. And so um, the first half went according to plan. And, and, um, and I thought the second half went according to plan. Yeah, in the second half, really, the, the biggest difference, it just seemed like a lot of different scheme things. And, and Kansas City not getting away from the run game. Of course, Andy Reid criticized when he was the coach of the Eagles, not not getting away from the run game, pass, pass, pass. He was actually ahead of his time, but he went back to the run game and then did a great job of managing the clock down the stretch. No, he really did. Um, you know, he's a he's an old vet, man. He didn't done this a, a lot of times, taking the Eagles when he was the head coach with the Philadelphia Eagles, um, losing games 
where I thought clock management was an issue. Yep. And so he fixed that. And, and you know, now going to Kansas City, man, he got the players. Um, he understands from all his heartache and um, his heart being broken in big games. And, and he put it together. Now he's a two-time Super Bowl champion coach. And, and um, you know, you got to give your assistants a lot of credit because it's really them. The head coach is not really doing nothing um, on game day, right? So you kind of managing the clock, managing the situations, but it's really your assistant that comes up with the adjustments and how to take advantage of what the other football team is doing. And so um, you, you got to give a lot of credit to to his assistants. Uh, I thought they did a great job of understanding what they was going to get in the red zone. They was going to get man-to-man, and they had some concepts. See, in the National Football League, if you wide open – that means you just schemed up somebody, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So it's it's not about somebody messing up or or um, the other guys is better than you. No, you got schemed up by the coach if the guys running wide open. They had two touchdowns in the second half that was wide open. Uh, we, we in the media love to uh, anoint the next next great thing and to and to say all this stuff in hyperbole, especially when somebody's somebody wins. You've played against Tom Tom Brady. You've watched Patrick Mahomes now. A- as far as what you see from them o- on the field, what, what makes Patrick Mahomes special? Well, I think um, it makes everybody special is they tough. you got to be tough as a quarterback. You can't be concerned about what the defense is doing. You can't be concerned about getting hurt. you got to play through pain. you got to lead the football team through actions, okay? Those are all the things that uh, Patrick Mahomes brings to the table. And you got to have those type things if you're going to be considered one of the best in the game. And, of course, MVP of the Super Bowl last night and then MVP of the season. I don't think that's been done um, but so many times in, in the history of, of football. And, and um, so, yeah, Chris, he, he brings everything you want out of your quarterback. Um, just uh, a, a, a fun, fun game last night. Not as great as Super Bowl 38. And, of course, uh, that is uh, one of the many reasons they love having you on. Not only uh, were you in the NFL for 10 years with a fantastic career, you were in that game, in the Super Bowl. Um, you played in front of the biggest stage ever. Of course, Super Bowl 38 back in 2004 now, which it seems like just yesterday for at least me. Um, it was not yesterday, but you were the starting safety of that team. It has been dubbed by many, and it's still hanging on to one of the greatest Super Bowls ever played. 32-29 uh, to 29 was the score with the, with the New England Patriots. So th- there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but, but we'll start with the fact Patrick Mahomes with a high ankle sprain. Um, it looked like he re-aggravated it late in the first half. You got him with one more. You played the majority of Super Bowl 38 with a broken foot. You didn't know it at the time. Your trainers didn't know it at the time. But talk about what he was going through. Of course, yours a lot more painful. But what happens in that situation? How do you play with something like that? And how do you play well with something like that like you both did? Well, I think, um, Chris, the, the, the main thing is the main thing. When that ball snapped, um, you're trying to make a play. And um, so your mind goes to trying to make the play opposed to the pain that your body is feeling. And that's the power of the mind. The mind is an amazing um, resource that, the, that God has given us. And, and, um, and so it's, it's, it's really amazing what you can do 
um, when you block out things, man. And, and that's what happens in, this, in the Super Bowl. After every play, I can guarantee you he was feeling that ankle, <laughs> though, all right? Um, but, you know, it's, it's – um, you know, you got to give him a lot of credit because think about that long run he had in the second yeah. half after reactivating that ankle. And um, and he was running on it like his life depended <laughs> on getting to that end zone. And you know, that's the type of, you know, attitude that you got to have. And so um, – but, you know, that's life, right? So sometimes you're going to go through some things that um, you, you, you're going to have to block out and, and, and keep moving. You got to keep taking action. And um, – that's what uh, Patrick Mahomes did last night. You were the uh, second leading tackler uh, in that Super Bowl 38 with the broken foot, 14 tackles, nine solos, one pass uh, breakup as well in that. When you were in the moment, how much pain were, were, were you feeling and, and, and when did you do it and, and how early did you in the game? Oh, it, it, was, it was very painful. Um, it was um, actually at the right at the beginning of the third quarter is when it happened. And, um, yeah, I did know I, I broke it. <laughs> so so when I come off the sideline, I said, guys, I broke my foot. Um, don't take my shoe off, though. Just just tie it up real tight, tape it, and I'm going to be fine. I'm going to finish this game. And um, they looking at me like, what? There's no way you <laughs> broke it. Trust me, I did, right? And, um, and so the pain was really excruciating after every play, right? So um, you, you, you're going – um, during the play, you don't think about it, and then after the play, um, you, you feel it. You feel it. And, you know, I'm sitting here like, man, I got two quarters to, <laughs> to try to make, make it through this game. Yeah. And, and um, you know, fortunately I was able to do it. And, and um, you know, I, sometimes when it's cold like it was um, yesterday, um, I feel it. So Come on, you still feel it, huh? <laughs> I feel it 20 years later. So you remember you remember Super Bowl 38 every time it gets cold, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you the next question. Of course, a lot of pain in the moment, but when he woke up today, if he fell asleep yet, but when you woke up that next day, what was what was that like when the adrenaline had had run off and you had a broken foot, just like Patrick Mahomes woke up today with the Super Bowl trophy? but a uh, high ankle sprain that got re-aggravated. See, if I'd have had the trophy, I would have been fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think the trophy would have helped it. But <laughs> because I didn't have the trophy, I was in, in some serious pain. And, and, uh, and so, you know, I'm not a big medication guy. <laughs> and um, so, I'm, you know, I'm taking the pain and, and all that. Uh, but I think, the, I think just being, you know, depressed about the fact that you lost the game. Yeah. Um, that feeling still took over <laughs> the hurt, um, broken foot. What was the emotions like of that entire Super Bowl week? It, it's interesting because now they talk more about kind of managing it and, and putting things in place so you can so you can get right. But but that's really more than half of it, right? Getting yourself right yeah. physically, but then mentally with everything going on. What's that like? Yeah. So the first week, man, it's all about operations. So you're just trying to get your tickets right who's coming to the game, where they're going to stay. And so you're doing all that type of stuff, uh, managing things outside of football. So you're really not really focused on um, the game plan because you don't want a game plan for somebody for two weeks. Um, and so you really spend a lot of time. They bring in a lot of speakers to tell you exactly, you know, guys that played in the Super Bowl, 
so they can kind of give you what's going on and what to expect. Then you got security that comes in. They give you a whole rundown <laughs> of where you need to go, where you don't need to go, all the different things that's going to be going on the next week. And, um, and then you fly out a week before the game and you start practicing from that location wherever the Super Bowl is going to be. I was, was in Houston, of course. And um, so we was there for a week. And once you get to the location, practice is still practice. I've been in national championship games. And so it, it, it felt like that as far as the practices was concerned. So that, that wasn't foreign to me um, at that time. But after practice, it became like Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> man. You you know, they picking you up in limousines, they taking you to ESPN, you on you you know, you on the stage with, you know, Stuart Scott and all these other people, man, and it just it was just a surreal moment. Every interview he was doing, it was live, it was in front of everybody and and um and you, and you just you just can't believe it. So it was kinda like two separate worlds. Yeah. Um doing that, that, that week of the of the Super Bowl and then you know, 48 hours before the game, start to feel like a normal football game. So you you know, go to the hotel, you know, getting ready. You have your walkthrough. And then, um, you know, the next day, um, you're in your routine, your game routine. And, and um, once you get in the locker room and, you know, you kind of like walk around like, man. Yeah. <laughs> got Super Bowl patch <laughs> yeah. on your, you know, jersey and – and, um, you know, I never went out for warm-ups. I, I, you know, I, I just wasn't that type of guy. So, um, when I ran out, it was time to play. Yeah. And um, we ran out of the tunnel. And, and man, I, I swear, Chris, it was like we blinked and the game was over. Wow. Yeah. What I was most amazed about, and it was, again, we talk about one of the best Super Bowls of all time. It's amazing. Every time I go back and look at the box score, I say, no way. And then I have to look back again. You didn't score in the first quarter. No, nobody scored, in New England or Carolina. Nobody scored in the third quarter. In between, in the two other quarters, there were 61 points scored. It was over 880 yards of, of, of total offense. In that fourth quarter, both teams scoring, I think it was three touchdowns apiece. A and, and what people forget, I, I know you don't, but what people forgot, the, the Panthers scored the go-ahead touchdown with a minute 10 left to go in the game. And then John Casey, God love him, uh, one of the best Panthers of all time, one of the most accurate kickers of all times, kicks that darn kickoff out of bounds and gives Brady the ball at the 40. And this was, people forget, this is when Brady was sort of just becoming Brady. He had one Super Bowl. It was almost like Mahomes. People knew he was really good, but, but was he going to be that good? And then, you know, the rest, they, they, they set up that field goal. But just uh, it was an amazing game when you look at it not having worn the uh, the blue of Carolina, wasn't it? Oh, it it really was an amazing game, and you you know you kind of you know recapped it right like it happened. Yeah. And um, you know that that last drive, Casey actually slipped. So you know on the telecast last night, these guys was talking about, oh man, he's on that paint. I hope he don't slip. Right, the kicker to yeah. kick the winning field goal. And that's what happened to Casey. So it wasn't like he mishit it. Wow, that's inside information. Yeah. See, I, I had forgotten that yeah. or didn't know. Yeah, you he know. slipped right before he kicked it, man. And, and um, you know, the grass was just like yeah. it was, um, you know, in that dome 
in, in Houston. And they, they had the top open just like that. It, it, it was it was so surreal as I'm watching this game. I haven't watched the Super Bowl in so many years, and so I'm watching this. Wait, game. really? You you don't watch it? You no, don't watch the Super Bowl? I'm not a I'm not a good fan. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> if it ain't if it, if it's not the Panthers, if the Panthers aren't in it, you're not watching if, it. <laughs> if, I'm not watching it, man. So um, it, it's tough. It's yeah. tough to just sit there and watch a game, and 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 watch it as a fan. I, I just. I, I can't get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Super Bowl memories. What, what also amazes me about it is NFL Network came down and did an interview with you about it maybe six years ago or so. And so we were there watching it, and you, they were asking you questions, but you were saying details of every single play. It was amazing. I don't even think you realized you were doing it. We're all sitting there being like, you just gave us a play-by-play from formations to what happens. Like, you remember every tackle. You remember every hit. You remember every moment. And this was 15 years after the fact. That's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, you don't forget. <laughs> Some things you just don't forget. <laughs> you know, today, me and my coaches was in, um, in, in my office. We were just talking. And we was just talking about how you don't, re you know, forget certain things. Yeah. And, and so we did the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, right? And we're like – that 30 years ago, I still remember it like it was yesterday, right? Yeah. And then we were saying, how many young people today know that? Right. So, you know, just a kind of thing of something just sticking your head. And, of course, the Super Bowl, national championship games, um, you know, state championship games, all those type things stick in your head, yeah. man. No doubt. And you have had uh, certainly a few of them. Back-to-back -back national champion with Nebraska in college, NFC champion, with the Carolina Panthers, and of course, uh, one of the best uh, to be on that field in Super Bowl 38. Okay, we talked a little bit more. It always happens when me and you start talking about Super Bowl 38. I was covering it at the time for local TV, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the here and now and the future. You landing the number one recruiting class in all of FCS. We'll come back and talk Campbell football. This is Camel Call Live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. Welcome back to the county seat in downtown Lillington. You can listen to every broadcast live on GoCamels.com and the Varsity Sports app. If you miss us live, you can catch us on the Camel Call Live podcast. It drops every Tuesday on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the other places you get your podcast. We are with uh, Campbell head football coach Mike Minter, and we were talking Super Bowl, and now we're talking what's going to be an awesome spring into a great fall Number one recruiting class in all of FCS for the second straight year. Coach, tell me about this new group of freshmen and then transfers, which it's, it's a little different than, than last year. You still got as, as many good freshmen, all the stars and that, but you added a lot of transfers, a lot of guys from Power 5 as well. So tell me about this whole group. Well, um, first of all, let me say another great effort um, by my coaching staff. Um, all those guys um, did a great job. You know, in the middle of us trying to get this class, we lost our recruiting coordinator in Braxton um, Harrison, and he was able to 
go get a head coaching job at, a, at another school um, in Texas. So he, he got a chance to go back home. And, and, um, and so we're in the middle of trying to make this happen. And so we got lucky. And um, Coach Chip, you know, came up and, yeah. and um, took, took his spot and, and took it to another level. Um, the guy was spot on on a lot of people. Um, the coaches did a great job of helping him out. And um, it's a group effort, um, Chris, because I, I, what, what I said is, guys, not only do I want the number one recruiting class for, for high school, but, but let's go get the number one portal class, too, um, in, in the transfers. And so um, we was able to do that. Um, and, and, man, just, you know, so what is that? That, that means that I got to have relationships um, that's out there with different people that these drop downs or people who go in the portal um, is connected to. And so the coaches, man, they, they put a great um, board together and we went after them. And, um, you know, we was able to get, you know, all these different four and five stars that was coming out of high school from, you know, guys who went to Virginia Tech, guys who went to Florida State, um, guys who went to LSU. Um, you know, we just had a kid in that, that um, he's a defensive tackle um, that went to Illinois, and um, yeah. hopefully we get a chance to land him, and so he'll add to the class. And and um, so we had so many different FBS guys that that um, dropped down, and and um, then we had a couple FCS guys that, you know, we had a, we got a guy um, coming from South Dakota State, so he won a national championship at yeah. this level, um, and and now he's on our football team. Um, he was a slot receiver for them. They didn't run too much 11 personnel. They was a 12 personnel team. And, and so he, he joined our team. And he had plenty of opportunities to go anywhere else. And, and he came here. And so he's going to be able to bring some of that mentality that it takes to win an FCS championship. And, um, and so when you look at it, Chris, we, we, we man, it's a different football team. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 15, 16. Um, different FBS um, bodies, um, it's going to help us. I, I've never done that before um, since I've been head coach. I'd normally go get about three or four FBS guys and drop downs and never this many. And, and I, I felt like we needed that insertion of, of talent um, because, man, we're going into the CAA. Um, and, and freshmen is not going to do it. So yeah. I can have the number one recruiting class last year, number one recruiting class this year of freshmen, but they're not going to go on the CAA and compete, man. I mean, it's just what it is because this this conference is so good and these coaches are so good that you, you're going to have to go get some older guys that have done it at a high level to bring in. Now, here here's the job that we got to do as coaches. We got to bring them together and make them a team yeah. because, again, man, all, all the talent in the world don't win teams win and and so um all you know so we didn't go recruit in january for 24 class what we do we stayed here and recruited our guys that we just brought in and so we building relationships with these guys so they understand that it wasn't a recruiting pitch this is really who we are yeah and we got to bring you guys in our fold as one and so the talent as far as the freshmen is concerned chris they won't be here until june um, anyway, our summer session number two, and, and they're going to have about a month to try to 
integrate themselves into the football team. And so, you know, a lot of people say, hey, man, you got this number one recruiting class, you got this one. We should win a championship in the CA. <laughs> I said, I wish it was that easy. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, we got we to gotta let these guys grow up. We got to let them um, develop. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, it's a great challenge, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah, that's a really interesting point that you bring up. You know, a freshman, there's so many adjustments you have to make on and off the field, and, and they really have a month to get ready for your team. Now, we have talked about it a lot before. Back-to-back -back number one recruiting classes out of high school. You are on these guys early. You're on these guys when a lot of FBS and, and, and Power 5 schools are there. You stay on them. They like that loyalty. You sell them with, hey, I'm going to unlock your greatness. And also, you can do something here at Campbell that's never been done before. You can bring a trophy uh, to Barker Lane Stadium. What is your pitch to guys that uh, have seen the FBS life? You're talking, you, you've gotten guys to transfer in from the Big Ten, from the SEC, from the ACC. It's not just an FBS transfer. It's guys from, from Power Five. So, so what are you selling them that makes them want to come here to Bowie's Creek? Well, Chris, I think in anything, man, when you get disappointed in life, it hurts you, right? But, but I understand that because I was you. So I understand the needs of what you're really looking for. Um, you, you, you went to the big school. For whatever reason, it, did, it didn't work out. You were the guy in high school. You go to the big school. It doesn't work out. And then you start looking at life differently. You say, man, I, I need something that is going to help me develop as a person, not just a football player, right? Not just the opportunity to wear this jersey at this Power 5 school. I want somebody to instill in me greatness, man, that – that I can unlock mine, and, and, and that's what we sell. And, and we tell them, man, look, it, it's a, this place is a great place to come and focus in on your academics and your life and football. And, and if you want to do that, then come here because we know what it takes to get to that next level, and that's what we tell guys, man. Everybody else, what they're doing is they, they read about it. We, we lived it, and, and, and so we can help you get there if that's what you want to do and if that's not what you want to do I can promise you we're going to help you get into the job market yeah. and dominate that too so um, that's what we've been doing man that's what we've been selling and we got we got different histories to be able to show it now right yeah we got guys that have been in the big time bowl games this year to guys who have had an opportunity to play at the National Football League level to I, I think man I think 90 some percent placement on jobs I mean, wow. who, who can say that type of stuff right and um you know 80 85 88 percent um graduation rate um and i i thought that was bad right i was like man, <laughs> man we need to get like 95 yeah, or right. something and they said coach do you realize that people normally getting like 45 yep. and 50 i'm like what you know so this is what we selling to the parents yep. this is what we selling to the young man and we say, man, come here, and, and I promise you, you're going to get taken care of. Um, you talk about guys that you have uh, on the cusp of the NFL. The, the great thing about when the Super Bowl ends, the draft is just a couple of months, months away. And there might be a name or two called. There's going to be a couple guys that are going to be in NFL camps uh, at the very least this summer. But let's talk first about Julian Hill. Julian Hill was invited to all the bowls. He was only in one because what did all the coaches tell him and you after they saw him at hula bowl practice? They said, Julian, you good. 
we, we know you can play football. Yeah. So, so now what we need to see is that can you run under a 4-7? And if you can do that, we, we're going to draft you. <laughs> and, and so he decided not to play any other ga um, bowl games because of that. And so, yeah. um, you know, just, man, you're talking about a young man who took every nugget. That's what we call him, right? Every nugget that, that we put out there, he took it, he applied it, and he made it him. And then now he gets an opportunity as a walk-on, he comes here, as a walk-on quarterback, change his body, change his mind, um, change his, his whole uh, mindset towards football, and now he gets an opportunity to play in the National Football League and possibly get drafted. I mean, that, that's a story within itself, but yeah. it, just, uh, you know, it, it just shows that when you show up, you do the hard work, um, you just don't talk about it. You put a plan together. You execute that plan, okay, with some enthusiasm, with the right attitude. Things can happen for you. Coach, what's amazing about that is is he was not an NFL player his first couple years at tight end. Now, I will say, and I'm not just uh, revising history, you told us he was a NFL player, and we're like, okay, coach, you know, we're, we're going to believe you. We're not, we're not seeing it on the field right now. Uh, we're not seeing it on the stat sheet, but, but sure enough, these past two years, he just blossomed and, and exploded. That's, that's awesome. And then Brevin Allen. Brevin Allen has had all of, the, all of the accolades. You know, he's been on – he was getting the attention of everybody's best lineman this year, but he really worked through that. And then not only was he at the Hula Bowl – then he was Campbell's first ever selection to the Shrine Bowl in Las Vegas. And, and he ended up turning some heads, didn't he? No, he really did. Um, everybody loved Brevin Allen's athletic ability. His body looks like everybody else's that's at the Power Five. His ability to run and move and the strength of what he plays and how he plays um, is, is also uh, something that the NFL coaches – you know, looked at and, and really liked. And, and so I think the biggest question mark with Brevin is, um, can he handle the environment of the National Football League? Now, yeah. these are the questions that um, is being raised uh, uh, about Brevin because he's shy, he doesn't really speak, so he's kind of, you know, to himself. And, you know, NFL people, man, they look at that and say, okay, what's wrong? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, their job is to find out all the negative things about you. People don't know that, right? They think these scouts come in, they want to just see all the great things that you can do. No, they want to see all the bad things that you, um, that you do because at the end of the day, that's what's going to show yeah. up on Sundays, and their job is dependent on that. So they want to make sure they're marking off all the bad stuff and then show the coach, okay, he can't do this, 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 and this. So it's not a surprise. Uh, when it happens. And so, you know, Brevin, athletically, he's going to do a great job. And, and um, you know, to me, it's just continuing to, to grow um, in, in his ability to communicate. What's the next step for, for, for both of them? What are these next couple months before the draft hold? Well, they're training right now. So, um, you know, both of them have agents. Uh, I, I think, man, I think Julian might be training in Florida uh, somewhere and and, and Brevin is, is, is off, um, you know, maybe in Atlanta training. And, and, um, and so these guys are just training for the pro day. Um, that's the next thing that's going to come up um, because, it, you know, I think it's like five or six um, FCS, something like that, eight, 
um, FCS people got invited to the combine. Yeah. And then now everybody else got to get ready for their pro day. And um, thank God. Listen, uh, thank God for for NC State because um, they they are going to do um, the small school North Carolina pro day. Um, wow. And and so they'll have their pro day <clears throat> at the begin uh, earlier in the day, and then the small school North Carolina pro day will happen right after that. So all them guys and all them scouts who go to NC State now will stay and watch um, all the small schools. So we won't have it on campus, um, and the guys will go out there and train and and uh, perform on pro day. Man, uh, sensational! And of course, uh, spring practice will be will be starting in uh, in less than a month. That'll be fun as well. But uh, one of the many good things about the CAA, we've got our football <laughs> schedule already already, coach. All right. We're going to have the good news and the bad news. The, uh, the good news is our, our home schedule is uh, fantastic teams, good teams, challenging teams. It's going to be awesome. The bad news is because of the change in conferences and the Big South not having very many teams and the CA having a lot of teams, we only have four home games. I'm going to go back to the good news. All these games are going to be packed because <laughs> there's only four. Two of them are going to be at night. You start under the lights August 31st against William & Mary, who, oh, by the way, won the CAA last year, the best conference in, in, in all of FCS. When, when you think of the challenge that um, is in front of you, what do you think when you, when you now get to see the schedule? Man, I start praying. Um, <laughs> so, so all you guys who out there who, who, who's, um, you know, prayer warriors, <laughs> yeah. please start praying for us uh, right now because, you know, this is going to be tough. Yeah. We know it. We knew it when we um, accepted to go to the CAA. And, um, man, we're looking forward to the challenge, though, um, because, you know, being here for 10 years um, and building this program, man, and, and seeing, the, you know, the different places we've been from PFL now to the toughest conference in FCS football and the CAA. And so we're going to be excited to play William & Mary the first week. Um, you know, them guys going to come in flying, ready to try to get to the championship game because um, um, they get really everybody coming back. And, yep. and, and so it's going to be a, a tough outing. Um, like you said, we only got four home games and um, seven away games. We got North Carolina. Yep. I think everybody's looking for that, for it, um, to play them in November, um, Chris. So this is the first time that I've had an opportunity to play, um, let's say, the same type of competition in the first eight games yeah. um, in my 10 years. And so – uh, we 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 looking forward to um, Elon coming back and and, and, and playing them guys and um, traveling over there to Central. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough one, you know, because they 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 the what the black college um, champions and and, yeah. and um, you know the way that we beat them last year, they're gonna be mad. They're gonna be uh, ready to get some revenge, and so that's gonna be a tough game, <laughs> you know. And then you got people like Maine and Richmond. Yeah. Coming to town. I, you, get, you know what? You just uh, get into a conference where yeah. I, I think I counted up the other day. There were there are four different teams in the conference <laughs> that have won national championships in the past uh, in the past two decades. Yeah. Maine is the homecoming uh, is a homecoming opponent on, on October 21st. And people are going to be like, oh, Maine. Well, they paid <laughs> some school to come down to get beat up on homecoming. Maine was the best team in the conference a couple <laughs> years ago. People don't know about Maine. They're an FCS power. It's going to be down here. Hopefully it's warm. 
so they'll melt down here, but that's going to be certainly something. And then Delaware, which is one of the best teams in the league Ooh. day in and day out. But, but at least you go out of conference in yeah. November, November 4th. You, you get an easy game at North Carolina, just taking on a ACC opponent yeah. uh, in the non-con. That's going to be sensational. It's, you, you look at this schedule – and, boy, it's tough. But outside looking in for a fan, man, there's going to be some fun football in the fall, isn't there? It really is. And, and that, you know, again, that's why I went into the portal and got as yeah. many um, transfers that I can get because, you know, in order to compete against this, man, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. Um, it's going to be exciting, but it's going to be a great challenge. These coaches that's in this league, um, they have welcomed me into this league. Um, and, and, man, it's going to be fun. I, I look forward to it. I think my coaching staff is looking forward to the challenge. Of course, the kids are. Yeah. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll see. We'll lace them up, and, and we'll see um, what happens. Yep, you can get the full schedule at GoCamels.com, season ticket wait list at GoCamels.com, and season tickets will be on sale soon. Coach Minner, you and Patrick Mahomes haven't slept in the last 24 hours, so thank you for coming in after a late night last night. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you once we get into spring practice, but thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it, and good luck with the spring. Thanks, Chris. He is Campbell head football coach Mike Minter. Coming up after the break, we'll give away a football prize pack, and we'll have Lyndall Suggs uh, hop on to talk Campbell sports. This is Campbell Call Live from the county seat in downtown Lillington. Welcome back to Camel Call Live here at the county seat. We're here at the county seat every Monday, and coming up next week, it'll be a softball takeover as the new head coach of the Fighting Camels, Trina Prater, and others will be here for the entire hour. Speaking of softball, they will open up the home season this Thursday afternoon, 3 p.m. in Bowie's Creek, hosting Purdue out of the Big Ten. Purdue is down for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They will stop by uh, Bowie's Creek first, that game at 3 p.m., free admission, and will also be on ESPN+. Plus. Speaking of our back-to-back -back defending regular season and tournament champion softball team, softball team off to a fantastic start in the Trina Pratter uh, era as uh, she went 2-2 two and two with her team in tournament play over the weekend, beating Charlotte and ETSU to talk some softball, to talk some baseball, to talk basketball, to talk everything to my left is Lyndall Suggs. But first, before we get to Linda, we will give away um, a four-pack of either basketball or baseball tickets as baseball season um, starts up coming off, um, coming up this, uh, this weekend as Campbell hosts Rutgers, speaking of the Big Ten. But this will be for four basketball or four baseball tickets and a Campbell football T-shirt. So get out your raffle tickets. The winner 
of the Campbell Prize Pack, 625 625-929. There we go. We have a winner. Thank you so much for coming by. Congratulations. And every time uh, you come in, we give up a prize. So every Monday night, make sure you come and see the show live. Lyndall Suggs are joining me now. Um, Lyndall is our voice on the varsity network of Campbell football and Campbell men's basketball and is going to be doing a lot of softball um, this year as well. And, and Lyndall, when you, when you think about this softball team, what a start they got off to over the weekend. Well, um, being on vacation this weekend, I actually got a lot of time to watch <laughs> um, softball. Right. And um, just catching that 12-inning game, first of all, um, we have to give yeah. credit where credit is due um, to, to the new head coach. And, I mean, following Sharonda McDonald-Kelly is no easy feat. I no mean, doubt. she had these girls humming for the last two years. You're talking about back-to-back -back regular season and tournament champions. That's – that's that's a pretty big deal. And then to come out and to get a good win against ETSU in the first game and then to go 12 innings with Charlotte, um, who has our former pitcher, yeah. Georgiana Barefoot, and then to go all 12 innings. Oh, and by the way, Isabella Smith pitches the entire game. 199 so. pitches, a new Campbell record. Insane. Unbelievable. Insane. Gave so, up one run. And, 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 to see, and to see all of the new pieces – to fit so well, it it was a it was good to watch freshman transfers and our stars that are known here on campus all mesh together and, and to pull in because yep. twelve innings is no easy feat. That's more that's more than a normal baseball game. Yeah, yeah, and they ended up with uh, playing before they beat ETSU, came from behind in the opener, won eight to four. So they ended up playing nineteen innings of softball in about a twelve hour period. Yeah. On, on Friday, lost two in, in Saturday, but against South Carolina, the SEC lost by one in a game where they gave up six unearned runs. So they are chomping at the bit for this next weekend. They will go down to Columbia, South Carolina, play in the Columbia Invitational, take on Delaware, take on ETSU, take on Western Kentucky, and then they'll take on South Carolina Sunday at 5.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Just like talking to the to to them off the weekend, they were disappointed that they lost to South Carolina, and they think they can beat Purdue this Thursday at three. Well, w the interesting thing, just being able to be around the team, is that you can just tell that they they know that they are good enough to beat anybody, and it's and it's good to know that you can beat somebody or to have that feeling, you know, going in confidence. Coaches will tell you it's key, but. Knowing that you have the talent, you have the coaching, and people feel good about the coaches and the environment that you get from everything, just knowing that these guys have their, their – well, these girls, they, they, are really, they really think that they can just dominate the competition yep. that they have. Yeah, definitely. It, it's going to be fun. In, in two weekends, the Campbell Stampede, Duke is part of the field. So Duke will be playing in Bowie's Creek Friday um, and Sunday, so a, a lot to look forward to there. But uh, this Thursday, the opener, 3 o'clock against Purdue, should be fun. Oh, by the way, we got baseball in Bowie's Creek, Campbell's baseball team, four straight trips to the NCAA tournament. They are picked to be the runaway favorites to win the Big South again. They are, again, a hot pick to be a team that could break into the top 25 and they will be tested right out of the gate. Rutgers was the first team left out of the NCAA tournament at large bid last year. They're a great team. 
out of the Big Ten. What a test this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Jim Perry Stadium in Bowie's Creek. Well, the good thing is people love Campbell baseball, and it's not just people around here that love Campbell baseball, but it's nationally if you look at um, the college baseball scene just because people know what – what and who Campbell baseball is, and that's just a tribute to Justin Hare. I mean, you build a program for all of these years. You know you can get a job anywhere else at a bigger school if you want to, and you decide to stay here. That just shows the development, and then you're putting people in the draft, and we're not talking late round picks. We're talking in the first ten picks of the MLB (laughs) draft, and it it just goes to show that – Campbell baseball is is really as good as people make it out to be. Yeah, two picks, two draft picks from Campbell in the top 40, uh, including uh, in the top 20 in Zach Neto, who went to the Angels and is actually going to be starting in big league camp with the Angels in Arizona coming up in just a couple of weeks. And uh, Cade Keeler is the Friday night starter for Campbell this year, and uh, they are thinking that he could be a first-round draft pick as well. You'll be able to see him. And the Campbell baseball team this Friday is when things start, 5 o'clock against Rutgers, Saturday at 3, Sunday at noon. And then East Carolina, another pick to be a top 25 team in an NCAA tournament team a week from tomorrow. ECU will be at Campbell on Tuesday at 5 o'clock, and then Butler comes in next weekend. So uh, starting the season with a seven straight home game, season tickets still available, and um, single game tickets now available at GoCamels.com. It's a fun time of year. It's a yeah. busy time of year, <laughs> Lendl, for, for you and me. We're, we've been talking a lot of spring sports. We're talking spring football. We are getting uh, to it. The last two weeks of a basketball's regular season, the Big South Conference basketball tournament will take place in the first week of March down in Charlotte. And the Campbell women's team, without their leader, without their leading scorer, Shai Tooley, uh, they keep plowing along, and, and they have been – uh, a little bit more down than up, but still hanging on to that third spot uh, in the Big South tournament and really losing twice to Gardner-Webb, a Gardner-Webb team who is undefeated, has one of the longest winning streaks uh, in the nation on the women's side, but they have shown two separate times that they can really play with this team, and, and I'm excited and hoping that they meet in the Big South tournament because I, I think it's a, it's a Campbell team that has a lot of confidence against them. Well, there's one word to describe the women's basketball team, and that's just grit. I mean, to, to lose – most teams, when you lose your, 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 starting, your starting guard, I mean, unless and, and just your most casualty-producing weapon, as, yep. as you would have it, um, when you lose that, most teams crumble immediately. Like, you fall immediately. And I, I, I might toot my own horn here, but I have always been on the Christabel Azuma train. That's I right. See, I've seen she's it. She's really good. Down low, 6'2". She's a double-double machine. Yeah. Uh, down, I, I've seen it before. And, I mean, w- coming off of when you, when you have a Taya Bolden who graduates and then you follow it up, it, it's kind of hard to follow that act because yeah. Taya was here for five, five years or so. And so now you have to follow that and seeing what she produced. And I think CB has done a good job on that. But that – comes down to coaching when you have a coach that is able to develop players next man up mentality because you know people say it next man up next man up when you get bit by the injury bug and it's your biggest star you have to produce something you have to produce somebody and I think the emergence of Brittany Staves and seeing Fuller come into her own and watching CB kind of grow and then you have uh, uh you have uh Boone and Joseph 
who are freshmen in transfer who come in and they're starting to flourish well and fit yeah. in the system. That's all on the entire coaching staff that's able to pull those guys in, fit them in the system, and develop them well. And I think we have seen them grow so far over, over the back end of this season. Uh, no doubt. And they will be on the road this week, but uh, home for their final two games of the regular season, February 22nd and February 25th. Over on the men's side, men's dealing with a, a similar thing. Their leader... Uh, one of their uh, leading stat men in uh, Jesus Carvalero. He has been out since November. Um, it doesn't look like he, he, he's going to be coming back anytime soon. They are in a fight now uh, to get um, in the sixth or above spot. They've been anywhere from fifth to seven all the way up to fourth. And if they do that, they'll get a bye in the first round of the Big South Conference Tournament. The women have already secured it. The men will. So they have two must wins this week, their final two games of the regular season at home Wednesday at 7 against Charleston Southern and Saturday at 2 against Presbyterian big games for the Camels definitely and when you look at the standings it's it's Campbell right now sits in the sixth spot right under Winthrop and I mean right above Winthrop and right under uh, Upstate who just hit 500 in this in, in the standings in the conference season so right now you have those three teams trying to duke it out secure that last spot um upstate trying not to lose any more games to hold that fifth spot steady and get the bye and then you you, you look at that and then you go okay who do you play when you get into the tournament and looking at it you know campbell really hopes that it, it just from the outside looking in you're really yeah. hoping that you don't get longwood first because Longwood just seems to have our number. We, we play Asheville well. We play Radford well. We play Gardner-Webb well. Yeah. We play the rest of the teams in the Big South well. But when it comes to Longwood, they just, for whatever reason, they just seem to have our number or they just seem to have an excellent shooting night. And right now they sit in that third spot. And more than likely, you're going to play um, a, a, Longwood, a Longwood team at that point. But you have excellent games coming up. The barn burner that you had in, in Charleston, South Carolina, you have that at home coming up. You have a revenge game against Presbyterian yeah. that you – their only win of the season is against you. And then you come out of that, and then on the back end you, you have Ratford, and I believe you have Winthrop. So you have those two teams. Winthrop beat you in a close game, and then you have Ratford who you – want your momentum to be good at that point going into March the 1st. Yeah, yeah no, no doubt. Some some big games coming up, and, and you're right. Really, other than a Longwood team that, that just seems to have, have been able to do so much against Campbell this year, uh, you really like Campbell's chances against, against anybody else. So especially if they can get that first round by, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a tournament that we're going to be surprised about the two teams or at least one of the teams that ends up on, on Sunday. It just seems that kind of year in the Big South. I don't think there is any bad teams. Yeah. I think there's a lot of pretty good teams that can get you at any night. Well, even, even with that being said, I believe personally that Campbell, if Campbell can get hot over these last four games, you yeah. will see what Coach McGeehan has been trying to tell us about this team all year. You've seen it in bits. You've seen it in flashes. You've seen it in games. Even though they lost this Saturday, you could see it in the game coming late. Anthony Delorso, reigning freshman of the week in the Big South, who's really at the tail end of this season has just been absolutely excellent since the beginning of December, trying to help out Ricky Clemens, who would normally get help from Jesus Carolero, but Jesus is out. Yeah. And so now just seeing that development, hopefully they all can put it together 
get hot over this last stretch, get in with the bye, and then they could shock some people in the yeah, big Yeah, yeah. Anthony Delorso really uh, he's gonna he's gonna be up there. He he could end up being freshman of the year in the Big South Conference. Uh, also, one of our other uh, couple of winter sports, App State. Campbell Wrestling, it comes down to those two teams again to see who wins the Southern Conference title. Campbell will be at App State this Sunday at 2 o'clock as uh, Campbell will try to win their fourth regular season title in five tries. Yep. Campbell has beaten App State at their place for four straight tournaments. That will be in a couple of, of Saturdays, but, but wrestling just continues, continues to roll in their ending this season on a five-game win streak. That will certainly be something. Campbell head coach Mike Minner saying he's bringing the whole football team up there on a bus, so it should be something. And our track team just continues to end the indoor season set record after record after record. It's just incredible what they're doing. Well, let's go back to wrestling for a second. And we give a lot of credit to Campbell baseball for the repeated yep. wins and repeated championships. Wrestling done they the exact had. same thing. But wrestling has yep. done the exact same thing. With the coaching change, smack yeah. dab in the middle. Right. And so we have seen the consistency over the years of what wrestling, what baseball can be. And so I, personally, the pressure is necessarily off for are we going to win the conference tournament, get some guys into the, the national tournament and see if guys can compete. The pressure is off because you know you can do it. Now we're just competing at our level and we can play our game. And that's the advantage that you see repeated champions have because you already have the pressure off because you know you can do it. Not necessarily going in cocky, but you're like, hey, I know I can do this. So the pressure is off of getting the first big win. I've been there. I have the experience. So now we can go to do it. Same thing with the track team yeah with the track team they won indoor last year and a little bit of controversy on the outdoor side but what you've seen is uh, is 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 um the head coach being able to say look guys we've been here before and develop them now they know what this program can be what it can do competing against last year a and t which is one of the the uh perennial yeah. track uh, They've got Olympians. They yeah. got Olympians, Olympians on, on that team. And so being able to compete with them and hang with them, and this year you're just seeing the fruit of the, the hard work and the seeds that they sown through over the last years, which Coach Givens just trying to yeah. build the program. And now it's nothing to, to open Twitter or Instagram and see another school record yeah. broken. Yeah, just uh, incredible. Our women's swim team uh, conference this week in Nashville and literally everything going on 87 Campbell sporting events thankfully they're not all at home but a lot of them are at home um, coming up over the next 30 days and we will starting on Wednesday stream a home event on ESPN plus 10 out of the next 12 days so uh, buckle up we got a lot of fun sports to do Lindell thank you for stopping by we'd like to thank uh, Campbell head coach Mike Minner and that'll do it for us from the county seat sports grill in downtown Lillington this has been Camel Call Live. Good night, everybody.